Happy Sunday, Jokers. We're going to have a great episode 13, this is, with an interview from Joel Elliott Walker, the administrator at Edwards Waters College. Get ready, get ready, get ready. So if you guys can remember last week, we had a voice message left during the podcast telling me, advising me to check out Todd Dulaney. Um, I did my research on him. He dropped his first album in, I think, 2013. Um, He is five albums strong. I've listened to him. I like him. I think he's an amazing artist. And that is. Hi, Mr. Walker, are you there? I'm here. How are you? I'm doing good. Good afternoon, big brother, Mr. Walker. So great on Doper Joke. Um, Today we're going to talk to you about the misconception of um, just some school questions I have for you. And I'm pretty sure my listeners want to know. But before we get into all of that, I want you to kind of introduce yourself and let people know what it is you do. Because all I can say is, Hey, my big brother is the administrator of EWC. He's amazing. That's my big brother. So I want you to kind of break it down, like what you actually do and what your job title is and, you know, just what you do. Okay. Well, thank you again for having me on. Uh, My name, once again, to your listeners, um, it is Joel Walker. I am the director of admissions at Edward Waters College in Jacksonville, Florida. And Edward Waters just happened to be um, the oldest private school in the state of Florida, founded by the AME Church in 1866. Wow. And it's also the first HBCU in the state of Florida as well. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So I was looking on Google because I wanted to ask you a couple questions, but I wanted to make sure it come out right in your line of work. And my line of work is two different things. So <laughs> I wanted to know, and I Googled this, don't clown me for it, but I Googled the meaning of HBCU and it came up. It was just like a, basically a college that is directed towards educating African-Americans. Is that right? Correct. Basically, um, HBCU stands for Historically Black Colleges and Universities. Okay. And, and, the, and the whole foundation of HBCUs, as, as we know, at one time in this country, uh, African-Americans was not allowed to be educated or wasn't even allowed to read. Um, wow. So one, at the end of slavery in 1865, um, you know, HBCUs came around and started opening up around the country so African-Americans can actually get educated um, just like our colleagues on the other side of the track. Okay. So to you, when somebody asks you, what's the difference between, you went to Florida um, UF, so if somebody came to you and was like, what's the difference between an HBCU and the University of Florida, what would you say to them? And let's say they weren't black. Let's say it was a, a, a different nationality and they came to you and they wanted to know the difference. What would you say? Well, one of the biggest difference I've noticed working at uh, Everwaters College versus my time working at 
the majority schools or so what we call those schools are either PWIs, meaning predominantly white institutions or majority okay. schools um, because the majority of those students are Caucasian students. Uh, but the biggest difference uh, working at Edward Waters and, and working at some of those other institutions, even attending um, the University of Florida, which is a PWI, um, is really the, the camaraderie of, of the students um, the smallness and the family type atmosphere. That is one of the biggest things I get um, from talking with the students, talking with the parents. You have more direct access to the administrators, to the professors, um, right. you know. So that's the biggest thing, you know. Um, students at Edward Waters, they actually are in classrooms with, you know, 12 to 18 students, just all depends. Oh, wow. And I remember days being at Florida where I had an English class with 320 something students in there. You know, so you really are, are just a number at some of your larger majority institutions versus the professor really knowing you and you're able to ask those questions. You know, in a large institution, you're really not able to raise your hand and, and ask those questions. You have to wait after class and try to get you know, assistance from the professor whenever they class, they, they office hours are, or sometimes you don't have the professor in that classroom, you might have a, a, a teacher assistant, you know, that's a right. grad student and he's working on his graduate program and, and that's how he's getting part of his graduate school paid for by helping teach. So wow. family atmosphere, the smallness of it, and just really having that access you know, and the opportunities, you know, that's at some of your smaller institutions, such as the Edward Waters College, are, are you know, remarkable when you think about uh, opportunities at some of your larger institutions. Our students are able to get some of these opportunities as early as a freshman and sophomore year, where when you're looking at these larger institutions that have 40, 50,000 students, really they're not able to take advantage of internships and and some of the so um okay. you know we go all across the the state of florida and some out of state recruiting students and, and finding that perfect student that would fit what Edward waters college have to offer so uh, it's an honor here to be on your show well, I appreciate that and I appreciate you. So I have some different things, different questions I want to ask you that maybe you can clear up for my listeners because there is such a a cloud over, you know, people getting their kids into college. They think it's too expensive and they're just like, oh, well, you know, I can't do it. You're not going to go to college because I can't afford it or let me get five jobs to help assist you in college. And what happens is, you know, as parents, you know, things happen and we can't be consistent with those five jobs. And then you got a college dropout. You know, I'm really, really, you know, being over the top with it. But that is true life. I've heard those stories from, you know, different people that has worked for me because I'm real personable with, you know, the people that work for me. So you have people, they drop out because their parents couldn't really afford it. Tell me what are resources and things we can do to not let this happen? Well, it, it, it is so many resources out there, uh, but 
the student and the parent really have to sit down and make that conscious economic decision of where um, the student will want to go to college and can they actually afford um, that college education. Uh, we have so many students out there and we deal with them every day that uh, say they may want to go to um, say just UCLA. Well, okay. UCLA in California. Right. So if you're in Alabama or Florida or wherever you are and you're going out of state, um, your cost for that education will be almost two and a half, three times more expensive because you are out of state student. Right. So parents really have to look at that in-state tuition costs versus out-of-state tuition costs. So, you know, that's a big deal right there because if I can get the same education in-state and spend 20000 per year versus going out-of-state and spending 50000 then I'm sure some great institutions right in your own home state that can give um, your student the best education that's out there. Absolutely. I love that. You know, people don't really think about it like that. You get a team and you go for the team you like from Florida and you're like, I'm going to go to Ohio State. You know what I mean? But not thinking, hey, I can go to UCF, I can go to UF, or, you know, I can go to Florida State. So I think that's very vital. That's great information. All right, so those, so you're reading articles right now. I'm reading a couple books. Um, my boss gave me a book called um, "Make Your." Okay. And it's, it's basically talking about. It's going way back. It's this captain of the Navy, and he's a Navy SEAL, and he's talking about just basic things you can do in your days because we got 511 things to do in a day. Seems like it's not enough time, but it's basic things you can do in a day. To, right. to feel success to feel successful or feel like you've achieved greatness and the first thing starts with making your bed it's so much deeper though but it's it's a really good book right i i can i can understand that right there making your bed coming back to a clean room hey that can be something very good right yeah. there and, and, and it is basic but it, it means so much and i i had started like maybe I say for like the last four or five months just making my bed before she gave me this um, book like actually making because I make sure everything else is clean in my house but my bed is normally a mess like I have something I didn't wear or I didn't choose to wear out on the bed you know my covers are back and I started right. making my bed and it does make you come back to you know that place where you're just happy in a, a place of calm absolutely absolutely so I need to start reading that book and making my bed as well as I get up in the morning. I'm going to bring it down to Florida when I come to so we can switch off. Um, And I'm also reading another book called The Four Agreements, which I kind of stopped on this book um, because she gave me that book. And this book is talking about four agreements that we should make with ourselves to make us better. Um, The first chapter talks about uh, like perception, like how I can take something you say it in the wrong way and you really didn't mean it that way. Correct. So it's just like basic stuff. I remember at one time you were reading a lot though. So it kind of inspired me. You have always really inspired me 
I really thank you, Joel, for being on my podcast today. I'm so blessed to have you. I definitely got to have you back. Probably when I come to Florida, I'm going to be more involved on YouTube so we can sit down and you can go over some literature and actually have an interview. Interview. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, that sounds good. I'll be looking forward to doing that as well. Okay, I hope Florida wins today. Fingers crossed. Six o'clock kickoff. <laughs> well, I love you, and I will call you later to chop it up and let you hear this, okay? All right, love you too. All right, talk to you later. All right, bye-bye. The moment you guys have been waiting for, it is the top 10 on the gospel album charts by Billboard. Number one is Hiding Place by Tori Kelly. Number two is Gospel Greats by Aretha Franklin, Falling One Spot Down from the previous week. Number three is Brent Jones, Open Your Mouth and Say Something. Number four is Declaration by Jonathan Nelson. Number five is the one and only Tasha Cobbs Leonard heart passion and pursuit number six is the unsung hits volume one by ernest Pugh, which is an amazing artist i love to hear him sing number seven is amazing grace the complete recording by aretha franklin number eight is unstoppable by karen hartone she's holding on to she went down one i think on the charts but she's still holding on holding strong at number eight i believe she was number seven last week um number nine is make room by jonathan mick reynolds who is still on the charts which is awesome number 10 is playlist by the very best of Marvin Sapp. So it's a it's a playlist including all his very best songs. He is an amazing artist. I told you guys he's been my artist of gospel music for like the last two, three years holding strong. Um, it, he just really means something to me. Um, addressing Cynthia Evans, who left me a voice note um, on last week's podcast, um, telling me to check out Ty Dulaney. I love him. Can't wait to hear more of him. That's why I opened up the show with him. He has some very meaningful songs, great worship songs. So you guys check him out. If you have any suggestions, please leave me a voice note on the show and I will definitely get back to you and address it. Thank you. I do not own any rights to any of this music played on this podcast. I just happen to think it is dope, but I do not own the rights to any of this music. Thank you. So here's a throwback song by Isabel Davis called The Call. I love this song. I heard it sometime last year and I just absolutely loved it. So we've talked about Travis Green on previous podcasts, um, on Sunday's podcast before, and I told you guys that I absolutely am in awe of him and his testimony on his album the heal this album brought me through charlotte um, living there for work for six months and i just absolutely love travis green so let's enjoy some of his music
So that concludes this podcast, episode 13. I'd like to say thank you again to Joel Walker, my big brother, the administrator of Edwards Waters College in Jacksonville, Florida. I'd like to end this podcast with how we came in. Todd Delaney, his newest song, Your Great Name. Until next time, Jokers.